We all pot down here. I told you they'd never die. Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. And welcome to our overview of Black Friday. No, not the shopping day, the movie. Which came out uh, November of this year. And it's about a toy store prepares for the annual madness of Black Friday. But they're getting more than they bargained for. These deals could be the death of you. (laughs) And... This flick was directed by Casey Tebow, and it was written by Andrew Grishkoviak. All right. What we're going to do for this episode, we got some feedback that some folks kind of wanted to hear more of what our formatting is going to be. So basically what we're going to do is go into kind of a plot synopsis, but with that have our different analysis, commentary, various trivia. Um, There's not too much for this in the way of trivia, but that's partly probably because it just came out. So obviously there'll be spoilers. So before we get into this, if you want to watch this, it is in theaters and it's also available to rent or buy from Amazon Prime. Yeah, on Prime it's $6.99 to rent and I believe $14.99 to purchase. And that's as of today. If you listen to this 10 years from now, I don't know. So let's go ahead and get into it, shall we? Sounds like a plan. So I just want to note that Black Friday itself could be a horror movie, like, just by itself. Like, just film the events of Black Friday. I mean, I've lived through it, so you could definitely make a movie about it. And it's, if you've worked a Black Friday in a retail environment, everyone who's worked it and survived it, they kind of talk about it like it's a war story. Everyone who has worked one of these would say, man, you could make a movie about this. Now, this is the extreme happenings of a Black Friday, but sometimes it doesn't really feel all that extreme. A lot of the people kind of act like aliens that shot down from outer space trying to kill us. Yeah, I can imagine. I've never had the honor of working a Black Friday in retail, but I have worked Mother's Day in restaurants, which that's always an experience. I'd say that would be the restaurant equivalent. At Red Lobster, we went on, I think, a five-hour wait at one point. That's not surprising at all. Mother's Day and Valentine's Day are probably some of the worst. When Valentine's Day falls on a weekend, you want to die. And probably nobody tips either. I mean, when I worked... Valentine's Day and when I worked Mother's Day, actually both times, I think, I was doing it as like a busser and hostess rather than a server, but it still really sucked. Sundays in general were the worst, though, because you got all the after church people that would come in and they thought it was funny to tip you with these fake dollars that told you they were like million dollar bills that said like Jesus loves you. And I'm like, you could do that as long as you actually also tipped, but they often wouldn't. They would just leave those. Or they'd leave, like, a trail of them, like, around the restaurant. I had to fucking clean them up. Oh, Christians, you never have them being a bunch of selfish, greedy assholes. Never. Never. Never Never hear anyone complain about the Buddhists. Nope. Anyway, so about the movie, we start out at Allmart, which, that's not an homage to anything, no, right? To what? I have no idea what you're talking about here. I know, right? So, they're trying to get ready for Black Friday. You see even, like, a woman, like, slam up against the glass and just perfect like where it's almost it seems like it should be the heart start of a horror movie which is yeah. exactly what it is well it's like a zombie smashing against the glass and if you go back to dawn of the dead romero made the movie in a shopping mall because all of the people in the shopping mall reminded him of zombies just mindless beings going store to store into ultra consumerism so 
it plays into that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And now correct me if I'm wrong, they do not do the zombie walk in the Monroeville Mall anymore. Now they have it just in downtown Pittsburgh. Well, it's changed a lot over the years. So they did it for a while there. I don't know if they're still doing the quote-unquote zombie walk, but they do have the Living Dead convention that is at the mall again. So it's kind of come full circle. I don't know if they do a walk or not. They should. But those were fun. I participated in a couple of those. They were always a good time. I'm jealous. If they ever do them again, we should go up for one, just visit friends and stuff. I would love to just go up to the Living Dead convention because it's amazing. It looks amazing. It looks like the kind of conventions they used to do in the mall, and it's run by the people who run the Living Dead Museum, which are really great folks, and they do a really great job of preserving the history of those films. Yeah, for sure. So back to Black Friday, though. As we can see, the guy's trying to put up the Black Friday sign, and look at the sign. I mean, the sign itself looks like it was, like, written in blood, so it's already just set the tone for this movie, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, something shoots through the top of this building, and he goes down to see what it is, and if you listen carefully, Silent Night is kind of, like, playing in the background, where it's just, like, the, the tune of it, not the actual words, and all I could think of was, like, the movie Silent Night, Deadly Night, which, spoiler alert, we're absolutely going to review that and part two of it because part two is basically a flashback to part one with with the garbage man it's a christmas classic indeed so i think he also was putting up the sign and he dropped like the screwdriver or something and he goes down the ladder to get it back up and then the crash and then he sees things and then well he's at the top when it crashes through yeah so i think it was a combination like you said combination of but anyway so he goes near it of course And I'm sitting there yelling at him, as I always am in most of these movies, because it's one thing to go see what it is. Like, obviously, something just shot through the goddamn roof. I'd be curious, too. But don't go that fucking close to it to the point that it could literally shoot whatever this tentacle thing it has and shoots him in the face. If I see a blob just sitting there randomly that I don't know what it is and it's obviously alive, I'm going the other way. Yeah. Again, one thing just to look and see what it is, but the second you see it, goodbye. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, of course, it gets him. Other people come over to see what he's doing. It clearly probably is going to get them. And then he go, but he goes to look at it. And, like, my first thought going to look at this thing is, is this Santa parachuting in for the Lakeside Mall? Al Bundy would be very upset because they really put his shoe store job in jeopardy. But, you know, Santa crashed through, Santa died. They got all the certificates and everything was all hunky-dory at the end. They could have got that check, though, but... They stupidly said that no one saw it. Of course. But I still think it's funny that it was called the Lakeside Mall, and I'm just like, could it be the Crystal Lakeside Mall? At the Lakeside Mall. <laughs> but every time we drive past that neighborhood that's popping up near us called Crystal Lake Neighborhood, or it's like Crystal Lake Estates or something, I'm just like, why? Why would you do this? Everyone should know by now this is a bad fucking idea. They're thinking maybe they'll sell it to a couple horror buffs with some change in their pocket. I don't know. I think it's a really bad idea, or maybe they're just oblivious. You know, because if you think, like, they always try to name those communities with some sort of soothing kind of thing, like Flowing Rivers Community, Crystal Lake, a shimmering lake that is all relaxing. But Crystal Lake is anything but relaxing, you morons. Maybe if it's not a camp, then they can get away with it. Like, when his house is a Even fine. still. I, that, no, that's a bad move. <laughs> I'm way too superstitious to, to know. Oh, for sure. No, I'll go stand in front of the sign with a Jason mask on for a photo, but... Sure. That's about it. So... Anyway, getting back to this movie, we see Ken dropping off his daughters at 
their mother's house and he makes a comment about how heroes work Thanksgiving and all I could think was I'm like yeah you know cops firefighters and retail fucking workers be like I said earlier being in this position working multiple Black Fridays and also it's going to a few stores on Black Friday just because I'm insane and I admittedly didn't really buy that much. I would just go to watch the mayhem because I'm sadistic, I suppose. But working these things, yeah, you feel like you're going into war. One of the, the in fact, the first one I worked, I worked at a five below for a while and most of my Black Friday experience comes from there. And we were selling foam swords and foam shields. So, of course, there's probably a hundred customers ready to bash the doors down. And I pick one of each up. I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's rock. Admittedly, I got a lot of laughs from the customers outside. I think it lightened the mood a little bit. That's good. Because they didn't come in and violently kill us. They're like, it felt like with five... They they politely killed you? Yeah. You know, (laughs) just killing me softly. But working it is a very specific thing. There's so much preparation that goes into this. I mean, just the pure setup. I mean, you have the your back stock room in a store you can't barely walk through. Going into 4 a.m. to do freight, it's a thing. And it's a thing that goes for about two months, typically. And it's crazy. Especially Black Friday, people come in just one, hungering for blood and buy one, get one free deals. What was the thing you saw about the people fighting over that pillow pet? Yeah, so we had like a knockoff version of pillow pets. They're really cute. I bought a couple. They're cool. I mean, they're like a $5 pillow pet and they're on sale for $3. Like a $3 pillow pet, probably the size of like your standard couch pillow. Not not as big as the standard like pillow pet brand ones, but they were cool. And they were anticipated as would be a very popular item. They certainly were. We had a big cage of them in the front of the store. There are people diving into it. <laughs> Literally, head first, diving into it, pull them out. There were two people pulling on one. I think it was the last one that looked like a teddy bear, and they were just yanking on it. Like, I pretty much had to break up a fight. Wasn't there more, like, behind them or something? No, that's a separate story. Oh, gosh. So, I also mentioned that I have gone to stores just to witness the mayhem. You know, because I'm sadistic. I've lived through it on one end, so I'll go and observe the other end. Because you're not going to be part of the problem, at least. Of course. I'm not going to violently attack people for discounted merchandise. It's stupid. I'll just buy it online. But the best places to go were Toys R Us, because that place got fucking crazy. I bet. I mean, you go into that place once they've been open for about five or six hours, it looked like a bloodbath. There was a game called Sky. Remember Skylanders? Yeah, I think so. One was like, wasn't that Spyro? Yeah, it was kind of like Amiibos where you bought you like the, the figures, figures and you put them yeah. on the portal and stuff. Like it was, it was cool. And I bought a couple of those there because they had a really good sale on them and stuff. So I used to play it a little bit. And shockingly, like this, I went there after I got off work at Five Below. So like I expect them to have nothing, but they had a couple left. So I was able to get what I wanted. But that store looked like. It exploded. I bet. And there was an employee just looking really upset and just cleaning stuff up. And I just went up to them and I said, I am so sorry you have to deal with this. I just dealt with something similar. But what you guys deal with here, you should get hazard pay. And they're like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to hug them because that's that's people the way go you, through hell. That's what I think people need to remember about Black Friday and, and any like holiday. Hell, just retail work and restaurant work in general. Don't be a fucking asshole. You, and you can go in and get your sales and everything and not be a complete asshole to the people working there. And that's what we witness in this is we witness a lot of people being assholes mm-hmm. and then turning into zombie, demon, parasite creature things. Yep. There's no deal on a flat screen TV 
that's worth like climbing up on a light fixture and doing an elbow drop on somebody. Yeah. Even though the visual is kind of amusing. I mean, it's funny for us, but... There's no reason to get into physical altercations over this stuff. But you do see some funny things. Like people fighting over a $5 Blu-ray when you look over a bin over and there's a couple of the same ones still there. Oh, that was the one I was... The best one, though. The best one, though. Walmart was selling these giant plush bears like plush teddy bears they're probably like four feet tall this is the one i'm thinking of Mm -hmm. this story they're probably about four feet tall and they had them in big cage bins and stuff like that and they had them in multiple places in the store and this was the one down here by us it was like four or five years ago something like that should have filmed it i wish but it it just happened so quick yeah i know but these two guys are just like fighting over this one bear like the one cage had one bear left there fighting over it like it's about to get bad and there's a cage about like three or four down Filled with the fucking things. Same exact bear. They're fighting over it. And, you know, smart ass me decides, well, usually in a situation like this, I'll just observe. I had to say something. Because I noticed this, like, this is way too ironic. I have to embarrass these people. Mm-hmm. So I just go, excuse me, gentlemen. I-, I see you're fighting very vigorously over that bear. But I would like to know that, you know, instead of making giant fools of yourselves, even more than you already have, there's a bin right over there that has about five of them. So you can get multiples if you want, and they just stop and look I'm at sure. you. Like, I think the one neuron that they were sharing the started firing. The hamster had a stroke, and then they just kind of figured out, oh, shit. We yeah, we've been like literally fighting. Giant assholes. If you had let it go, the one guy would have rain blows upon him and, then and there, realized there must be a better way. And a new holiday was born. Best of us for the rest of us. I'll get the pull out of the crawl space. We're going to have to put up our festival, festival pull after this, well, I think. Well, November 23rd is the... In the December 23rd. Yeah, December 23rd. December 23rd is the official Festivus day, but... I like having the pull up early. I, I will drag the pull out of the crawl space. Festivus is back. have a crawl space. The figurative crawl space. The garage. The Florida crawl space is the garage. Frank dragged it out of the crawl space. I'm dragging it out of the crawl space. All right. I'm also going to take the pole and slowly drag it on the ground so it makes that noise. George, Festivus is part of who you are. That's why I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And there's your Seinfeld reference, folks. Oh, I have others. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying there's the... Don't worry, folks. (laughs) They're going to keep happening. So back to the movie. We're going to make this episode so long an accident. We meet Ken, who is played by Devon Sawa. He's also played in in the past as the human version of Casper in the Casper Friendly Ghost live-action movie, which was cool. And Idle Hands, Little Giants... Final Destination, and the new Chucky series. Which we have to watch at some point. I've only seen like the one clip and it was really funny and I'm like, all right, I'll give this a chance. Yeah. So he goes to, I guess they're doing a carpool thing. He goes to pick up Chris, which Chris is played by Ryan Lee, which you may have seen him in Super 8 and Trophy Wife. And Chris's family is clearly awful. He's trying to just find some more hand sanitizer, which after, of course, COVID in 2020 just feels so much more like, God damn it, let the kid find some goddamn hand sanitizer. Right. They felt like the awful family in Harry Potter. Yeah, they did. Because he's sitting there just asking for the hand sanitizer, and they're like, we're trying to enjoy Thanksgiving dinner, and apparently the dad's still charging him rent, and I'm just like, whatever for charging him rent, that's fine, you want to charge the kid rent, but like, he's clearly going to go work on 
Black Friday, this whole weekend, it's going to be terrible for him. Couldn't you at least be nice to him to tell him where goddamn hand sanitizer is? Oh, yeah. Like, when my parents would always tell me when I'm more going you to You knew Black where the Friday. hand sanitizer is 1,000% of the time. Of course, because we had like a 1,000 bottles of it, and I was glad to have it because a lot of the people coming in there, it looks like they haven't bathed since the bicentennial or something. It was gross. Oh, for sure. For and when you clean up the store after they've ravaged it. But it was sticky. Not sticky, just messy. It's just gross. It's like, it's like, like, why do you have to take DVDs and just throw them into a, like a bin full of basketballs? You know, stuff like that. Except it's like, and that happened all the time, but just multiply it by about 10,000. Yep. So we have Chris and Ken get to the store, which fun fact, the store that they filmed this in is actually a former Babies R Us. So with Toys R Us and Babies R Us and all that going defunct, which I guess now they're trying to come back? Yeah, they're coming back as a section within Macy's stores in 2022. So, so basically they, they're just, it's that's what they're going to call their yeah. toy section. They're going to, we're going to pay extra for that. Pretty much. There also is still like actual Toys R Us stores, I believe, still in Canada. So anyway, we go to their store. The store is called We Love Toys, but it's spelled, as far as I can tell, L-U-V. Of course, play on words. Yeah, got to be ironic. Just like Toys R Us, Babies R Us, got to have that backwards R in there. So this poor kid's a germaphobe, and all I could think was, I was like, my God, this is, I guess, supposed to be 2021, but I'm just thinking of 2020 with, you know. Not much has changed. No, it's not, but all I could think was this supposed to clearly be based in a world with, like, no COVID, or maybe this parasite was supposed to be kind of like how COVID is. I don't know. Maybe. But... This poor kid, I'm like, assuming, let's say, we're in this universe that we're in now where Berenstain is spelled wrong and COVID happened, he has to deal with all these Jeremy customers and then go through COVID. And he had said he worked there for two years, I think. So, or no, he said four years. No, he, he was two. Oh, he was two. The girl was four. Yeah. Marnie, Marnie was four. Mm-hmm. That's right. So he's had to deal with this through COVID. And I'm just like, you poor, poor thing. But anyway, so we now meet the rest of the cast here, or at least the bulk of them. We kind of start meeting. And we're not going to go through every single person, but some of the highlights. We have Brian, who is played by Stephen Peck. We meet Ivana Bacchiello, who's uh, Marnie. And she was uh, Ophelia slash Princess Moana in Pan's Labyrinth. Wonderful movie. Very sad movie. And then also the, and then she was also in the Shannara Chronicles. Uh, we also meet Archie, who is played by the lovely Michael J. White, which you'll know him from a lot of things, of course. He played uh, Al Simmons in the Spawn live action film. I believe he was the first African-American superhero on film history by playing that role. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. He was Jackson, Mortal Kombat Legacy, Tyler Perry's Why Did I Get Married and Why Did I Get Married 2, also in Toxic Avenger 2 and 3. But I, what I remembered him a lot from was, of course, Toxie and Spawn, and he was also in The Dark Knight as Gamble, one of the heads of one of the crime syndicates. Nice. Who the Joker has his own people kill him with a pull cue. Fun times. Yep. And then we will soon meet Mr. Bruce Campbell, our beloved Bruce Campbell. Be still my beating heart. I know. So the so, legendary Bruce Campbell, of yes, course. Who is, he plays Jonathan. And of course, you have to know Bruce Campbell if you like horror. If you don't know who Bruce Campbell is, oh my God. Um, if you don't know who Bruce Campbell is, please exit from the cave you've been living in. And go watch some movies. Yeah. He, of course, Ash and Evil Dead. Himself and My Name is Bruce, which is one of the most wonderful movies of all time. Maniac Cop, Bubba Hotep, where he plays one hell of an Elvis. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Burn Notice, the series, a very long-running series he did. He was really good in that. And in Cars 2, he was Rod Redline. Yeah, I did not know that part. Yeah, a lot of people didn't like Cars 2 very much. It's one of cute. the lower-rated Pixar movies, but I still enjoyed it. It was cute. I remember when that came out, I made sure I got the die-cast car toy of Rod Redline. Because I knew it was Bruce Campbell, and I needed Bruce Campbell as a Pixar character. You know what they should have done? They should have made his car look like the car that Sam Raimi always uses. <laughs> he was a like, he was a secret agent car. Yeah, I'm just saying that that would have been really funny if he had been the Sam Raimi car. Oh, for sure. And then, of course... We have Seth Green, which we didn't even realize was in it, but like once you know he's in it, you really hear it. And he just does the voice of this like broken bear toy that they have called Dower Dennis. It's just like the most melancholic toy you'll ever see in your life. Yeah, and when I saw this toy, all I could think of was Burn Dustbrot. My beloved Burn Dustbrot. Oh, Burn Dustbrot. It's like the, they tried to Americanize Burn Dustbrot. Not yeah. as effective, but still kind of funny. Yeah, so for those that don't know, which is probably the vast majority of our American friends and not our German our German friends, I'm sure, know exactly what I'm talking about. So Burn Dustbrot is a very angry piece of bread. It's like a kid's show in Germany. And basically, bad things happen to him constantly. And he's just, his favorite things to say are Mist, which is like the equivalent of crap in English. And then My Life is hell. Burn has a lot of very interesting pastimes. I would say the Wikipedia entry that describes him. Oh, it's the best. Just, is just read it just verbatim. freaking beautiful. It's unbelievable the way they describe him. So this is directly from Wikipedia. Burned is a depressed, grumpy, curmudgeonly, constantly bad-tempered, surly, fatalistic, melancholic loaf of Pullman bread speaking in a deep, gloomy baritone. He is small, rectangular, and golden brown with hands directly attached to his body. He has no arms, they're just hands. <laughs> and he has rings around his eyes and a thin-lipped mouth. He looks very angry. I add that. According to himself, he belongs to the species Homo bratus, which equals bretus, depressivus. <laughs> his favorite activities include staring at the south wall at his home, learning the pattern of his wood chip wallpaper by heart, reading his favorite magazine, The Desert and You, and enlarging his collection of the most boring railway tracks on video. Burns sympathizes firstly with himself. His favorite expression, as you said, is mist which in translated to English is crap. His other catchphrases are, I would like to be left alone, I would like to leave this show, and my life is hell. Very German, and this thing is so ridiculous that you can't help but fall in love with it. Yeah, and I have, what, three toys that you've gotten me of burned? Yeah, it's almost like a nesting doll. I got you three different sized ones. So. And then I carry them around places like a weirdo. Of course. So... This is where, again, we meet the rest of the cast. We meet Anita, who is a giant fucking cunt the entire time. Her and Brian are both the people that, if you've ever worked retail, you know exactly who we're talking about. Yeah. Anita's the kiss-ass who's always trying to be employee of the month, but is probably going to be a lifer and has a lot of delusions. And Brian is kind of like the really asinine like part-time manager who thinks he's more powerful than he really is, and he's just a controlling little shit. Yeah. Also, this is where we find out that Chris refers to it as Black Friday and Nita corrects him and says now that corporate decided that Black Friday is racist and it's going to be Green Friday, the color of Christmas and money, which there's not a more corporate thing to do than be like, oh, we're going to do this because of Christmas, but secretly it's always about money. Of course it is. At least the color of money in America, but, you know, everywhere else has pretty money unlike us. 
Yeah, we have boring money. It is. It's all green and it sucks. Anyway, I'm going to call bullshit on that because Black Friday has never been about race. As Bruce explains, the origins of Black Friday came from Philadelphia, from the police, who would use the term to describe a bunch of chaos and madness that would happen the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, just like lots of pedestrian traffic and like road traffic. And a lot of people were coming in to see the big Army-Navy football game that was held on that Saturday of every year. So Philadelphia cops wouldn't be able to take the day off, and they'd have to work really long shifts and deal with all these crowds and lots of shoplifters and just utter madness. So that's where that comes from. And of course, the more contemporary viewpoint on Black Friday is that it's the day that a lot of retail companies go from being in a loss or in the red to being in the black and in a profitable state because of all the sales and the, the hysteria over Christmas shopping. And this really became more thing in like the 80s, it seems like, from everything I was reading where I didn't realize it was so recent. Yeah. You know? But I was born in the 90s, so that's why it seems like it's always been there. Well, I was born in the 80s and it's always kind of been there for me, but it's I, I've seen it escalate over the years. Because oh, it used terrible. Because it used to never bleed over to Thanksgiving Day. No, it was like the most places like I remember when I was a kid were like five, six AM were mm-hmm. the earliest I ever saw. Then all of a sudden it was midnight opening. Then suddenly it was like we're opening at like six on Thanksgiving. And yeah, then, then five and then four and it's then... like, Oh my gosh, there needs to be a law preventing these places from opening. I know they can't do that and whatnot, but and if people just wouldn't go, they wouldn't do it, but people want the best deals and I'm like Fucking hell, look at it online. It's about, it's almost always the exact same price. It was always the trend really went by Walmart. So usually what Walmart would do, others would follow suit. Yeah. So I remember Best Buy would try, when I, I worked at Best Buy a long time, they would kind of go in line with what Walmart was doing. And it always felt like the decision for when they were opening came after Walmart announced theirs. So they kind of like... Walmart's a juggernaut, and we have to make sure we're competitive with Walmart. So really, I blame Walmart for keep moving it up and up and up, and everyone else just kind of trying to keep up. Yeah. At least with Amazon, you can't really fault them because they're always open. It's, it's the internet. Fun. It's the internet. The internet doesn't shut down. The internet's the future of shopping, or really the present of shopping. I mean, Yeah, I much like, prefer shopping online, and Amazon's a corporate giant, that the evil corporate giant and whatnot, but at the same time... Even like things like where you can shop local and a lot of local places will let you shop online. So you can buy stuff and they'll either ship it to you or you can come pick it up at the store or whatever. So. Yeah, I've still bought stuff from a comic shop in Pittsburgh. They'll ship. So. Yeah, so you can shop local while shopping online. Everybody wins. Exactly. I don't have to leave the house and I pay people money. Yay. Anyway, so in back to the movie, we have one of the main idiot guys walks outside. Of course, one of these parasite things that's how it mostly seems like they're referring to this parasites it gets him he's dead clearly so after we see this guy die we go back inside and we have some foreshadowing they talk about how chris has now learned to work a forklift which of course again that's going to come up later and when bruce slash jonathan is making his announcement he also references the recall doll which is this dower dentist saying how its batteries are messed up again major foreshadowing this movie didn't really hide much and I'm not saying that in a bad way. That's just kind of how it was. But that Dower Dennis thing, man, that thing is my fucking spirit animal. It just, all the things it was saying the whole time, it was just like, sounded sad the whole time, but like, just snippy about it. Yeah. Again, I want Burned and, De- and Dower, Dower Dennis, Dennis. <laughs> to be in the same room and great. have a conversation. That would be great. I'd pay good money to see that. 
So then we have Bruce making his announcement. One of the things he says is the customer is always right. And I was just like, fuck that. I know that's always said, but you know what? As someone who's obviously also a customer, customers can be wrong. And I will always maintain that at the end. So they open the store and the first person charging it, of course, is a lady and a rascal. And it just made me laugh because I, I think of it at Disney when we'd go to events and stuff. There was always some lady and a rascal and she would be like so unaware of her surroundings and would constantly run into you. And it just always pissed me off so much. Oh yeah, just running over people's feet and just using it like it's some sort of battering ram just to get into a line to buy merchandise. Yeah. So when I saw that I just that that spoke to my soul. So then they're in line and Chris is dealing with a crazy lady. Yep. A crazy grandma. She has this bling necklace that says grandma but she's just this insanely rude, arrogant jackhole of a customer which can be the norm sometimes in a retail environment. And he notices there's this weird funk on the keyboard. And he's like, oh God, I need to clean this up. And she's freaking out, calling him all these names and stuff because he's checking her out too slowly. And I hate those people so mm-hmm. much. I called her Grandma Karen. She is Grandma Karen. Absolutely. Sorry to anyone who's named Karen that isn't awful. Anyway, so poor Chris now has to they shut down his line so he can go clean up puke and this is when the we see the first like creature attack him like we've seen little glimpses of them here and there but this guy previously was standing outside the store saying he wasn't feeling great and the wife is just like you're fine and they go and of course then he turns into crazy crazy morphing rage monster thing yeah it's definitely got that like rage virus thing going on where it's not like the slow zombie it's like yeah. the like gonna kill you real quick so but it's also like metamorphosizing into something else yeah and it's constantly evolving or devolving it kind of seems yeah so it goes and of course poor chris he not trying to not die he like basically knocks the one person over and they tie him up in the back and are talking about how he's gonna get like arrested and all this shit and it's just like dude do you guys even care what may have actually happened like i realize that it's black friday and people can be nuts but if he's sitting there acting like these people turned into monsters like if someone told me that and they're like check the security cameras i'm probably gonna check them and see what the hell happened because yeah. i've watched enough movies with rage virus situations that i'm like uh no not me no 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 so one of i think it's ken says something about it being like bath salt shit mm-hmm. and all i could think of was that thing in florida we had where the guy basically ate that other dude's face and then like a week later, we had something like that happen in Maryland, and it didn't make as big a news, I guess, because, you know, Maryland man isn't as funny as Florida man. No. Nope. But the guy in Maryland actually was on drugs, whereas the guy in Florida that did this was not. He was just on Florida man being Florida man. He was just drinking too much of that awful Orlando water. I was about to say the Orlando water. That was down in Miami, wasn't it? I don't recall. I think it was. I don't know. So... It looks like the alien crossed COVID crossed with the blob and like the thing. And it's like, it's just. It reminded me also of the aliens from evolution where at the end they kind of all like form into, like they try to nuke them and then they basically just form into this giant like mass. It reminded me of that a lot where it just kind of like absorbed all the creatures that had been evolving and now it's like this giant weird gooey thing. Yeah, that's what this thing becomes throughout this. But before it becomes that and people are kind of transforming these weird creatures, it reminded me a little bit of Alien. Yeah. Like, they're not shaped like Alien, but just they reminded me, I guess, of that style. And also the idea that they, like, shot this white thing on their face, and I guess that's how they were putting the parasite in people. Yeah, it's like the face hugger. Yeah. And they're so they're trying to call the police, of course, at one point, and they goes to voicemail and he's just like did you know the police had voicemail like i am actually curious what would happen i would assume that if you called the actual police station they would but if you called 911 and there was actually too many people calling would it 
Wouldn't it just probably put you on hold, not send you to a voicemail? I don't know. Never encountered that situation. I only had to call 911 like once, so... That would be a scary situation if you can't get through. Yeah, especially since there's people that were going nuts in this place, so... Mm -hmm. But yeah, so then once they kind of are starting to realize something is wrong, the one guy, Emmett, which was like the new guy there, he gets like face-huggered. Is that a word? That's gonna be now. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Face-huggered. Yeah, he gets face-huggered. He's toast. Yep, so he's toast, and then he starts, like, kind of going nuts, and he ends up killing Anita, which I was just, like, good. Though, I oh, she was wish- the worst. I know. I always wish in those situations there was more time for them to suffer, though. Not, like, because I want them to suffer. As yeah, much you kind of do. Them- well, no, 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 but hear me out. So, it's not that I want them to suffer as much as I want them to be like, ha, you were wrong, you stupid fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. But, alas. Of course, Bruce then hides behind Brian. He's like, protect me. Bruce Campbell has so many great little quips and one-liners in this movie it's worth watching just for those alone of course and then of course the the older lady there ruth she's She's delightful huh she's delightful she's delightful but it's like she sits there and she just seems so sweet and innocent but then says things that are just like not okay to say i guess Mm -hmm. like she says like she's standing there and she's like you know you know when i have my first black friday they separated the shoppers by race and just like everyone looks and they're like oh oh dear and it's a stupid part though now with us looking into this since like black friday started in the 80s and like i don't think they were separating shoppers by race in the 80s no i would certainly hope not though maybe she worked in like alabama and they still were maybe and then of course bruce campbell another good line he has you guys are all gonna feel dumb when all this blows over yeah (laughs) he's like drinking some cheap champagne that they Mm -hmm. sent him so when we get more views of these things like i said they kind of remind me of alien to an extent but they also remind me a lot of like predator yeah and there's the sound they make they sound like the raptors in jurassic park i wonder if they're using like a sound bit from that that because a lot of times sound effects will get put into like databases like databases sound banks and stuff that you can purchase general sounds to be used in movies yeah so i wonder if that raptor scream was like like the well like the like the wilhelm like... like the wilhelm scream that's in so many movies. I wonder if it's something like like gotten put into a sound bank. Obviously not as legendary as that, but something that got yeah. put into a sound bank. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Because like, it didn't sound like the raptor, like the real like high pitched scream. It was more that like clicking, not the full on click, but like like go 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 go. Do I don't know how to do it. I'm not a raptor, sadly. Another really good line when they're hiding away when they've realized obviously that the shoppers have lost it and yeah, they kind of split up. A couple of them go trying to get towards the exit to see if there's a, yeah, they're a gonna path try to, out. Yeah, they're going to try to close the exit to mm-hmm. try to like cut off the supply of people coming in. Yeah, because they found that people were getting in because the rest of the employees that were on the floor busted out of an emergency exit. So then they left the door open, which in turn allowed a bunch of crazy rabid people to get in. Yeah. One of the other lines that I really love, Bruce slash Jonathan, Marnie... Ruth and I believe Ken all went to the back to like kind of hide out while they're going to shut the door. And Ruth is talking about Ken saying like basically like that he's a hunk. And Marnie's saying like, you know, that they're not dating. But then Ruth just goes, ah, consensual fuck partners. Which again, just for like, this little old lady is just a delight. So like, the inappropriate sweet old lady is just fantastic. Yeah, I don't care how tropey this movie is. It's tropey in the best way. So earlier also, I guess I should, I kind of forgot to point this out. There was a guy that I guess was like the guy that brought in the truck and his name's Lou. And at one point he comes up to Ken and he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm parking a Buick, man. So Ken and Bruce go and they go to the bathroom and Bruce is basically like hiding in the stall because, you know, it's Bruce Campbell and that's what he's going to do. So Ash, he is not. Yeah. So 
Ken's trying to find, like, I guess this stash of, like, booze that he had hid in the ceiling. And, of course, Jonathan slash Bruce is just being like, you can't do that. It's like, the, there's monsters in the store. I think he can do that now. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think we're at the, past that point of protocol. So, of course, then he gets it out and it breaks. And then when he goes to lean down, he sees the shoes and it's just like, uh-oh, Mr. Parking and Buick is in the bathroom and probably not okay. <laughs> So And he is a bloated mess. Yeah, so he's gross. He's attacking him. Jonathan, of course, is useless. He just finally at least hands him the broken glass so he can, like, stab Lou in the face and get out of there. So they kind of regroup. They've got the store kind of locked up. And this is where we find out also they're all talking about their their bonuses. And they're trying to just be like, I'm going to get my bonus and leave. And this is when we find out there are no bonuses. Feels like the real story of Toys R Us, right? Yeah. Ah, corporate America. Indeed. And also then, while they're all arguing about this, we see Ruth is just, like, singing by the window. And all I could think of was, do you remember the old lady in Cube 2 Hypercube that just, like, seemed like she didn't know anything, but then, like, actually worked for this weird company and stuff and seemed to actually, like, know way more than she should? That just, that's how Ruth felt to me. She felt like that character. Yeah. Or, like, the older gentleman in Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I don't think she actually knew more than she should because she just stood by the window and let no. a police car hit and kill her. So, of course, now that the police car's in there, the shoppers are in there again. So, back Lots to- of great deals. <laughs> yeah. So, they're all trying to run to the back, and this is where we lose poor Archie. Yeah, I got your doorbuster right here, motherfucker. Well, his best line. Such a great line. And we lose him. We, che- we checked it. 41 minutes in. Too soon. Way too soon for this character because he was kind of the consensual badass. He was the guy that Had you know, he's, he sh- he's shooting them with nail guns. He's the one who kind of the survivalist. He's the one who's going to... He kind of to, felt like Ash. Yeah. You, you felt like he was going to be the one that kind of leads them to something. Mm-hmm. Axing him at the 41 minute mark felt like it was a little early. Yeah. Especially if you have, you have like a hack. not die at all, honestly. Oh, sure. But so a lot of times that character kind of dies a heroic death kind of thing, which he kind of does, but... No, he certainly does, because he dies saving Chris, yeah. and... But I feel like when you have an actor of that caliber and quality, I would have probably had him in a little longer, but that's just me. Yeah, you could have sacrificed Brian, because he was a dick. Though I'd say that keeping Brian as long as they do works out. No, it works. I'm just saying if they didn't and he died earlier and we got to keep Archie, it'd be better. Yeah. Like, given the choice between the two. Or have have Archie die because of something cowardly that that Brian does. Yeah. That but Brian's death is great, and we'll get to that. <laughs> it's funny. So, yeah. So, of course, then, like, they're all, like, in the back room, and Marty goes, it can't get any worse, and the lights go out, and Bruce just starts fucking laughing, and he's like, anyone else just think that's funny? And I'm just like, I just love Bruce Campbell so much. It's just like, this role was so Bruce. <laughs> I just mark out for that man constantly. Mm-hmm. He can do no wrong in my eyes. No, he can't. It's just, it just was so perfect. So then they're all sitting around the back, and I guess they've kind of like secured the back area. And they're kind of all going around telling like how many years they've been there. And it felt like something out of a movie where someone was in prison or something like that, and they're all telling their sentences or something like that. Yeah, you know? it's kind of having a candid conversation. And to a lot of people who have worked in retail, it kind of feels like a jail sentence in a way. Yeah, and they because, even say that. Because it feels like be working in retail, if you don't want to stay in retail, it feels like it's hard to get out. Yeah. Because you, you know, you're in a job, and before you know it, you're five years there, and you barely even realize it. Yeah. So then, of course, you know, after they're all talking, kind of like, 
bonding. Then, of course, they got to fight because that's what has to happen. So Chris, at one point, gets mad at Ken for calling him a kid. And this part was so great just because... Chris says, you see me way too often to be your kid, which it's like, it's such a low blow. And you see Bruce Campbell in the background, just kind of like put his hand over his face and turn his head to the side. And I just fucking lost it. We had to rewind it and watch it because it was so great. Bruce is a master of physical comedy and right there, right there. And it's such a simple thing, but it was just so funny. Simple, but effective. Yeah. But it's like around this point, or when we first watched it, I kept trying to think, like, is this blob thing? Because all the customers seem to be now, like, kind of forming into this amorphous blob. And it rem- looks almost like the blob from the blob. <laughs> yeah. But I kept trying to think, like, is this supposed to be an allegory for something? Is this supposed to be, like, you know, this real deep message about consumerism? I'm like, or it's probably not, and it's probably just, like, this thing's going to swallow everybody. It's not going to swallow just your soul. No, that's... Probably should pay the troll toll. Oh, jeez. I think what you're saying, though, is legitimate because you think about, if you want to think about it more introspectively, the idea of all these consumerist kind of people just trying to buy all this merchandise because buy, 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 that they kind of all are the same being and they're morphing together. Combined, they form this unruly monster. Yeah. And it feels like that. Anybody who's been to a store of Black Friday has seen that kind of mayhem, especially if you've gone to Walmart. Yeah. Or here, Walmart. Yeah. Walmart, Walmart never really got off the ground, did they? No. No, things crashed into the ground and that ended them. Yep. So, of course, then at, this, at some point, Bruce says he's going to go down with the ship. And then later, of course, she's like, Marty's like, I thought you were going down with the ship. And he's like, I changed my mind. <laughs> it's such a great speech. And then he just chickens out yeah of course he does it reminds you a lot of like his caricature like portrayal of himself and my name is bruce Mm -hmm. a little bit just kind of that like bit of silliness yeah and then of course at one point when they kill one of the things i think it's like when emmett comes back in like they smash its face and kill it and he's like he's like those things never die like and then later of course it comes back and he's like i told you they'd never die and which is of course our quote from the beginning but it's like my favorite line of this whole movie because it's just like it's so fucking true yeah and with these, I don't think it mattered how many times you double tapped. Yeah. They were just going to become a blob anyway. So Was that that one that came at them, was that Anita? I thought it was Anita. I thought it was supposed to be Emmett. Was it? Yeah, because the shirt had that kind of weird Hawaiian-y looking shirt. Oh, that's right. That's right. I um, think Anita comes back and attacks them at some point, though. She kind of pops up at one point, but I don't know if she really like full-on attacks them. But... At this point, Ken gets bit. And then if you look really closely, you see Brian wipe his mouth. So basically, Brian bit him, but made him think that the creature yeah. bit him so that he all heroically now has to stay behind. Yeah, because they talk about that, you know, this is how these things play out. That And of course, Bruce is like, well, that's the mythos. And exactly. he's like, shut the fuck up, Jonathan. <laughs> like, that's the mythos. <laughs> so good. But yeah, so the Ken decides to stay behind and they're trying to get out. Yeah, and they're trying to get onto the truck and they're hoping that they can, you know, get off through like the little roof hatch and then get mm-hmm. in the front of the truck and drive away and whatnot. So, and of course they have a great line where they get on the truck and Bruce slash Jonathan talks about how like his elk lodge is is only a couple miles away. And then Brian says, you know, like, or we could go to the police. And Chris says, haven't you seen it? The police are monsters now. And Marty just looks at him and goes, now? And I just (laughs) yelled out. I was like, oh. Burn. Burn. So Chris is trying to get into the truck and he just could not drive the truck. He probably should have taken a class or something but, but say, the, he should have taken shop class right but then he can he can drive the forklift but he can't drive a truck weird so 
they're in there, they're like kind of throwing the boxes around. These boxes are like empty boxes. They're way too late. There's no pallets on this truck. And from working retail, I'm sure you have things to say about that. Oh, for sure, because your freight was always, at least for us, your freight was always by pallet counts. So you're receiving X amount of pallets today. So you have a general idea of how many pieces of freight you're going to have to deal with. But I think it was also kind of just like, they're just trying to be overtly silly. Oh, of it. course. Like, I'm not judging them for it, but I was just that slight little, like, oh. Like, unless it's the big boxes that are just filled with a couple plush that are really light. Other than that, that's not usually the case. It's usually filled with something heavy in glass. Yeah. Or books or something. I guess because the toy store probably wouldn't be too much glass, but Yeah, still. it depends. And so they're now getting off the truck. Uh, also, by this point, Ken has realized that Brian was the one that bit him, and, of course, he's pissed. And they're getting ready to go in the store and... Bruce slash Jonathan tells them to like line up behind him. It's supposed to be Marnie, then Chris, and then Brian. And Brian's like, why am I last? And he says, because these things are hungry and you're the slowest and juiciest. <laughs> and as they're going in, I forget what Brian says, but he says something. Shut the fuck up, Juicy. Yeah, Bruce just says that. I just, again, <laughs> lost it. So they finally, he knows his way through there. Now, throughout this whole sequence, like right about from the time when Ken gets bit, it gets a little chaotic i guess like a little confusing for the storyline because you know when they're going through the truck you don't really see him much get out of the truck he's just suddenly like on the pavement and seeing the guy that was locked out that was smoking that wasn't supposed to be and then he of course comes after him and then he runs and jumps into a truck and i'm like oh my fucking god there are like demon weird creatures out here the second you got out of that truck you should just immediately like you're probably on the roof of the truck just hopped onto the roof of the actual like cab piece of it and then slowly open the door and then just kind of like fling yourself in something where you barely have to touch the ground or just jump down and just immediately get in. Like, why would you look at any fucking thing else? If this is your friend and he just happens to be okay and he's standing there, great. Once you figure out he's okay, open the fucking door for him. But he's clearly not and everyone runs after him. And then he gets back in the truck, of course. But again, that's it's jumping around a lot. So that's one of the, like, the faults I feel of the movie is the way it jumped around these scenes. Like, up until this last, like, bit, it was pretty co- coherent. But I guess since they've all split up, it gets a little jumpy. Yeah, it gets chaotic, but so, I think it doesn't hurt it too much. But it, it gets a little difficult to kind of, like you said, grasp what's going on. Yeah. So again, not a major fault, but if I was going to fault anything, that's probably it. So Bruce slash Jonathan leads them to the roof. They get on the roof and they realize like the fire is spreading, which part of me was kind of like, how the hell did you know there was a, like, he's like, no, it's spreading too quick. Like as if he knew there already was a fire, like, and I guess they realized it was, but it didn't really occur to them how this fire started, which it started because one of these dower Dennis dolls catches on fire, which again, the foreshadowing mm-hmm. and the creepy grandma Karen has turned into a monster, of course, and she's chasing Ken all around like the back area. And she becomes part of the amorphous blob. Yeah, eventually she drags him out to the front and clearly she's trying to like drag him into the blob and then she starts becoming it. And, of course, he just, like, hits her on the head with, like, the skate he had on and just runs away. And yep. it's great. But, uh, so we go back to them on the roof, though, and the fire's spreading, and they are going to go back down the hatch, but then they see that, like, they're all the little demon things are coming up through there. Yeah, so they're on the roof, and usually in these situations, when you're going vertical, you don't have anywhere else to go when you reach the top. Yeah. Though in this situation, I could see trying to get, like, as far away from these things as possible. Yeah. So Bruce slash Jonathan, at this point, he decides that he's going to essentially sacrifice himself so the rest of them can live. And he has this really great speech, and he goes on about 
how beaten down he basically is by retail, that his face hurts from all the fake smiles and hearing air supply 50,000 times, his feet hurt, and that these people are his family and he's going to, you know, basically save them. And he just jumps into the pit of despair. Yeah, it's... I made a sad face, though. I was like, I was like, there's no reason you had to die, Bruce. You could have lived with everybody else. Yep. I understand it's supposed to be heroic, but I was like, I feel like him jumping down into there in all reality wouldn't have fixed things. Because he, gave the, he bought them time. He did buy them time, but... Ultimately, he bought them the time so they could do the leap off to the roof. Yeah, it just felt like it, they could have done something different. If Like, like in again, obviously you're in that situation just trying to think it through real quick, but I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Not my groovy Bruce. So right before they jump off the roof, this is where Brian pretty much admits that he was the one that bit Ken. And of course, everyone's pissed at him. They jump into the trash and they're getting out of the trash and he's, they're like not helping him. He's like, what about me? And like, you can stay here with the rest of the trash. Yeah, Marty so, throws a bag of trash in his face. Yeah, and they, so they get out They're trying to find a car to get into. And of course, Brian once again fucks it up and like grabs at one of the door handles, setting an alarm off. At this point, the thing comes out, like, through the goddamn roof, and it's, like, some kaiju alien shit at this point. Like, yeah. It's that... an amorphous blob of the alien and all the people that it kind of became into it. You see all the faces and stuff like that all over it. There's a book I'm reading. I haven't finished it yet. It's called Limbo, where they kind of talk about that. There's a point where, like, a lot of things formed into one, and they just talk about how there's, like, random mouths and stuff in there, and it just it reminded me of yeah. that, that. I just remember that part, and that's all I could think of. That yeah. I could think of, like, again... Kaiju alien shit. Yeah, exactly. At this point, Brian decides that it's going to be a great idea. Well, maybe I can talk to this thing rationally, you know, because it's made of all these customers and he knows how to handle the customers and de-escalate them. And of course, Marnie's like, no, why? Don't do that. He goes like, you don't understand. You're not management. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. And she's like, we all fucking know that person. And you're like, I fucking hate you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I've worked with them. They're awful. So he decides that he can reason with it. He tries to reason that it starts paying attention to him. He's trying to talk it down. And it puts its little claw near him. And he keeps walking towards it and just flicks him. And immediately I was like, it's like some like kid flicking a booger off their finger yeah. or something. But they had a great line. And then at this point... Ken runs out and says, Did you see what happened to him? And Chris says, He's like, he, it flicked him like a paper football. It's like, it's so That's true. all I could think of then. I was like, after yeah. we watched it, I was like, him just like flying like a paper yeah. football. So we've got this kaiju alien monster after them. And they're trying to figure out what the hell can we do? So figuring out, well, someone needs to distract him. And Marnie says, I'll do it. You're not doing it, Ken. You have kids. And then Ken's like, nope, and just starts distracting him. While Chris goes out and jumps into the forklift and starts driving the forklift towards it. Which again? He can drive the forklift fine, but he couldn't figure the truck out. Yeah. But he's driving in the, towards the, the monster and getting its attention. And the monster shoots the little funky slime web thing at it and hits the, the forklift. Hugger. The, fa the slimy face hugger thing hits the forklift. He jumps out of the forklift. It sucks the forklift up, but of course the forklift just stabs it right through the neck. So it's bleeding all over the place. This thing is toast. See, I thought it was the eye at first, and I was just like, right in the eye! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
We so, need we need Royal McPoyle. Yeah. So they go and and at this point we're pretty much wrapping up. They see it like collapsing. They get in the Ken's truck and they're driving away and he's saying how they're going to go get pancakes because that's what he had promised Marty earlier is pancakes. And he also mentions that he heard that you know his kids were safe because he had gotten the text message earlier in the movie and there's a place a safe space for people to go to. Yes, yeah, so they're all going to so, that place, but first, first pancakes because. because IHOP would be open, right? Fucking IHOP's not open. Well, they're usually open 24-7. You never know. I mean, Awful House is probably open, but... Waffle House is definitely open. That's the sad part. The, this kaiju could be, like, stepping on them. They'd be like, we got business here still. Yep. So, I think that kind of brings us towards the end here. Um, of course, that's, as they... That's, that's the end of the movie, but... As they drive away, you see another one of the gigantic kaiju monsters just raging hell behind them. Yeah. So and it sees them, like, and it, like, turns and looks, and you're yeah. just like, oh. Like, well, they've got a lot more they're going to deal with, which you wonder if they're trying, you know, leave open for a sequel. I don't think they'll go there. I don't think so, either. But it leaves it kind of like that open-ended that I thought it was a cool way to end the movie. Yeah, for sure. So our sources that we use for this were IMDB and Wikipedia. We also, there's a legitimate website called blackfridaydeathcount.com. Yeah, and so I got that not because I felt it was really that relevant to this, but I just thought it was funny that it existed. So according to Black Friday Death Count, since they've been counting, I believe since 2006, yes, 2006, there have been 17 deaths and... 125 injuries. I thought there would be more. Yeah. There was actually only two in 2020. There was nothing in 2019, which is weird. Because it was like the year before things went to hell. So You also could have minor injuries and stuff that weren't reported. Oh, for sure. This is obviously the ones that made the news, but yeah. But I just thought it was funny that they had, like, there's an actual website for it, of course. And then, it re- then thinking that, I was like, oh, that's so funny. That, just like the fact there's an actual website for knowing whether the D.C. metro is on fire, because I grew up near D.C. We used the metro every time we'd go into D.C., because driving through D.C. is hell. I've done it. And there's a website. It's The website name is just ismetroonfire.com. But if you Google, is the D.C. metro on fire, it usually is the first result. They also have a Twitter page. It's really funny. And every couple times a year, the D.C. metro catches on fire. So it just happened to be, I looked at it today, and the D.C. metro is on fire today. So normally the website says, is the D.C. metro on fire? Not yet. But today, it said, yep. And the, the last time when they had it back in June, just said, sure is. And they have, like, the different lines, because, like, the red line, the green line, and they put a fire on whichever line is on fire at that moment, and it's just, it's really funny. So I just wanted to share that with folks for some entertainment. That's pretty brilliant. And then, of course, just for looking up some of the Black Friday deaths, I just use a, an nypost.com article that was just called Black Friday's most gruesome injuries and deaths throughout the years. And they reference some of the stuff from the Black Friday death count. But there seems like a lot of them weren't, aren't actually related to Black Friday. They just happen to be able to die on Black Friday. Like this year, there was a, apparently a shooting at the Northeast Austin Walmart. And it was the city's 83rd homicide. And the suspect is still at large, according to this. Crazy. But then there are several that if you go through, there's like brawls that break out. There's um, someone stabbed while shopping. There's... There's several articles about people being trampled. Lots of fun stuff like that. A lot of the stuff kind of got... It changed because a lot of stores started doing queues and whatnot for getting in instead of just a mass of people gathering and just blasting through the doors. 
So I think it's gotten better in that respect. Yeah. That's probably why there aren't as many documented incidents. Especially the tramplings. Yeah. But there's still incidents. Yeah. And it's like, again, there's no tramplings on the internet. Plus, you know, it doesn't count for all the, just the gross behavior in general. You know, like the arguing and the screaming. And, and the fighting. Yeah. It's just the verbal altercations. It gets out of hand. I mean, when you go to Best Buy on Black Friday, there's always police there's police everywhere why is that because people can be unruly psychopaths it's pretty gross yeah and i was gonna say also like with shopping online i was gonna be like well yeah nice part about shopping online is i don't have to wear pants but then i remember we're in florida so the plant pants don't really apply here no they really don't not gonna enforce masks they're not gonna enforce pants i'm sure oh i'm sure they'll probably try to enforce pants i don't know it depends probably how pretty you are whether they enforce pants or not depends on which store too, yeah. I think. If it's Walmart, mm-mm. No, I mean, we've seen people in just bathrobes walk into Walmart. Now, granted, that was in Maryland that happened. Yeah, I've, se- I've seen it in Pennsylvania, too. I think pretty much wherever there's a Walmart, if you go there late enough at night, if it's one of the 24-7 ones, you're going to see some stuff. Yeah, that's why it's the People of Walmart website exists for just those photos. Exactly. So let's get to our ratings. So for out of five skulls, the overall as a film... I'll give it a four. I think this is the kind of movie that it's not intended to be a cinematic masterpiece. I don't think anybody coming into a cheesy horror film about Black Friday should expect Citizen Kane. However, it's meant to be a good time. It's meant to be over the top. It's meant to be fun. You have Bruce Campbell in it. You know what kind of tone you're going to get from a movie with Bruce. It ticks all the boxes for me. It's one of those movies that, yeah, I could make this an annual tradition to watch this on Black Friday because it's fun. has a lot of good humor, some good action. It's just a really fun movie. I enjoyed the vast majority of it. So a four is what I'll give it. Yeah, I think we're going to be pretty aligned on this one. I'm giving it a four as well. Again, same reasons. I'm not going to harp on it too much. It's just, it's fun. Bruce Campbell's always a fucking delight, so... And then for Scary Factor, I'm going to just give it a two because I feel like that it's not really scary at all. Like, there's a couple scenes that might make you jump a little bit. The monsters look a little creepy, but I just didn't... I mean, I didn't go into this expecting to be scared. I expected to have fun, and I did, so I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, I would give it a two as well. I'm not scared at all watching this film. There's nothing that is either psychologically scary or really physically scary other than, you know, the monsters attacking and stuff like that. So I don't think it's really intended to be a scary film. So I agree. Scare factor is a two for me. How are you feeling about music and sound design? I'd say a three. There's not a ton of music and everything, but the sound is really well done. It's mixed well everything is as it should be the monsters make some funky crackling sounds and overall creepiness so i think the sound design was good nothing over the top it's not bad solid three yeah i'm toying between a two and a three i think i'm gonna give it the three but i was toying between a two because i kind of mark it off a little bit for them sounding like rappers because even though it's funny it's not very unique in some ways, so it's 
it's hard to decide whether that should be a plus or a minus in these kind of scenarios. So, because it's funny and the movie's designed to be funny. So, I think a three is pretty fair, though. Agreed. And then for effects, I'm going to give it a three. I was toying with this because, I mean, the CGI is very cheesy, but I wanted it to be cheesy. The practical effects, like the costumes of the monsters, are very good, though. So I toyed with that or a four, but again, not to fault it for cheesy CGI because it's not a fault, but it's also not great CGI, you know? Does that make sense? If you want to see lifelike, realistic, great CGI, watch the new Dune film. Yeah. That movie is just a visual tour de force. Dune is loaded with brilliant CGI. Coming into this movie, you're not, if you're expecting that, then you're coming into this with a completely wrong mindset. I expected it to be cheesy. I didn't expect it to be great. I expected it to be cheesy intentionally. It was. I think the effects worked for what it was. This wasn't going to be a movie that required crazy effects, but I think, you know, the big blob monster looked good to me but it looked cheesy, and it was meant to be cheesy. So I think people who criticize it over that are completely missing the point and missing the mark. So for me, I say it's a solid three. Gets the job done, nothing overt. It's, it just works. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, gore. I'll give that a three as well. It has gore. You know, there's some blood. There's some gross-out moments and stuff like that. The monsters themselves are pretty grotesque-looking. Certainly not the kind of thing that you want to encounter too often. So Or ever. Or ever, really. I'd say it's... If you're squeamish, you might have a couple moments where it's a kind of meh. But it's not over the top. It certainly shouldn't be a detractor. But it does have its moments. So I'll say about it. About a three is fair. I've been toying between a three and a four for this, mainly because of the grossness of the puke scene. Yeah, the puke scene's pretty gross. You don't see him puke, you just see the puke, and it's just like, I don't know, it's just like, I was like, what? It's just really gross looking, so. Like Family Guy, when they're all puking, it's just, bah! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who wants clam chowder? Epicac. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so... But yeah, for me, I'm I'm gonna give it. I think, I think I'm gonna go ahead and give it the three because I feel like the the puke also isn't really realistic looking either though. But it's still gross. But I think three's pretty fair for it. Agreed. So we're pretty well aligned on this one. Yeah, it's a fun film. Watch it. Enjoy it. It's it's the perfect popcorn film. Just put it on. It's pretty cheap to rent on Amazon. Or go to the theater to see it if you want a theater experience. I think it'd be a movie that would be fun to see in a theater. We watched it at home, but I think it'd be a fun experience to see in a theater. Yeah, this definitely been a good theater film. Yeah. Check it out. It's a good time. Yeah, for sure. And as always, Bruce Campbell is a utter fucking delight. We love you, Bruce. Yep. I think I could watch Bruce do pretty much anything and it would be entertaining. It's like when we were at a Cleveland Comic Con and he was start a conga line with a bunch of people oh yeah my best bruce campbell story is there was a com there was a horror convention in gettysburg and they had bruce campbell as their star guest and they had him 
doing, they had like the talks and stuff in a movie theater that was on the same property as where this was being, like the hotel was being held at. And got like VIP tickets just to guarantee a seat in the theater to see Bruce. It was like a little bit of an upcharge, nothing crazy. And ended up, the line, people were waiting in line for like six plus hours to see Bruce. That was a really small theater. So most people didn't get in. But like the VIP ticket of like a $15 upcharge or something guaranteed a seat. So that was well worth it. And it was basically Bruce Campbell going off for about three plus hours. He judged a costume contest and made fun of children. Not meanly, but you know, it was, he was very silly. There was a celebrity, like an auction where he was running the auction, the auctioneer. And he was just, there's this one guy who would bid like a dollar up on everything. He's like, well, you got to bid on something else, asshole. It was so delightful, so Bruce Campbell, something I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's that's going to be it for this week. So we're also going, obviously, if you didn't hear it last week, we'll remind you guys that, that the Mads Are Back are going to be doing a live stream of Manos, The Hands of Fate on December 14th, and you should totally get tickets for it because it's wonderful. Yep, or it's on Eventbrite. Look it up. Yep, so, or go to our last episode, there's links in the show notes. But I think with that, we can go ahead and sign off here. So this has been We All Pod Down Here. I'm Brittany. And I'm Dan. Bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Our logo was designed by Emmanuel Arroyo. Our website is weallpoddownhere.com. Email us at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com. And you can follow our shenanigans at we all pod on twitter and at we all pod down here on instagram and facebook and feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review or if you just want to suggest something to make me really uncomfortable be afraid be very afraid